Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello, and welcome to Tiny Vampires, a podcast about disease, science, and blood-sucking insects. A member of the Agora Podcast Network. This is episode 25. Why are some people eaten alive by mosquitoes, while others come away bite-free? I'm Raven Forrest Ruscalzo, your host. Quick announcement. Tiny Vampires English is going to be moving to Chicago. I'm going to do my best to make sure that all of the episodes are released on schedule, but moves and new jobs come with a lot of unforeseen bumps in the road. That being said, let's get into the episode. Dan Campbell asked me this question at a friend's wedding, and it's the second most common question I get asked from people when I tell them that I study mosquitoes. I experience this in my own family. When we go for walks here in northern Indiana, my husband gets covered in itchy bumps, and I barely notice that there are mosquitoes around. As I'm sure you're beginning to notice after listening to this podcast for a while, Mosquito behavior is complicated, but there are three main things to think about when it comes to wondering why you were miserable your last camping trip while your best friend was having the time of their life. First is what's happening with me and my husband. He's highly allergic to at least one of the mosquitoes that we have up here. When I look closely at his, quote, bites, I see they're irregularly shaped, not just the round, itchy bumps we associate with mosquito bites. That's because they aren't bites. They're hives. He's having the same reaction to the mosquito's saliva that others have to rubbing up against a plant that they're allergic to, but because he remembers that he had mosquitoes swarming around him, he assumes that all of these bumps are individual bites. I, on the other hand, am the opposite. Like many mosquito researchers, I've been bit a lot. While I still have a normal reaction to some mosquito species, there are others that I've become completely immune to. It isn't that I'm not getting bit. I'm just not having a reaction to the bites. So it seems to me that I'm not getting bit because I don't have any itchy bumps. Some people are just born with this immunity, or gain it over time and exposure like I did. 
This phenomenon of mosquito researchers becoming immune to mosquito saliva is called naturally acquired desensitization. In one study, researchers up in Canada somehow got a 23-year-old man to volunteer to get bit by 100 lab-raised, and so disease-free, Culex mosquitoes every two weeks for 10 months. Possibly they promised him the world's most mundane but useful superpower, the immunity to Culex mosquitoes. After 21 weeks of this treatment, he completely stopped having a reaction to Culex bites. Whether you're born with sensitivity to mosquitoes, acquire it over time, or are hypersensitive to them, it isn't about the mosquito's preference for your blood or not. It's about how you perceive the bites that you get. The other two considerations do have to do with the mosquito's preference. Certain parasites, like malaria, actually change a mosquito's behavior, causing them to take a lot of small meals instead of one big one, resulting in more bites, making them more attracted to people who have the disease, making it easier for the parasite to get picked up from one host and transmitting it to another. The final factor that makes mosquitoes bite one person more than another is your microbiome. A lot of people who get bit a lot like to make jokes that it's because they're so sweet that the mosquitoes can't resist. But it isn't your flavor that makes them want to bite you. It's your aroma. The way you smell is almost entirely down to the types of bacteria that live on your skin. And not just what types, but how many different types. Let's back up for a second. When you look at a mosquito, you notice their huge eyes almost immediately. It's logical to think that with such big eyes, they can see well and use them to track down their hosts. But in actuality, most only see shapes and darken light. Not to mention the fact that most mosquitoes that bite humans do it at night or at dawn and dusk when it's hard to see. Mosquitoes actually use their antennae and antennae-like organs near their mouth called palps to taste the air for carbon dioxide and smell the air for the bacteria that causes body odor. Human skin may look smooth and simple, but it's actually pretty complex. There are different types of pores in your skin that do different things. Apocrine glands produce a type of sweat are mostly around the armpits, nipples, and genitals, and the digestion of this sweat by corine bacteria is what causes body odor. Eccrine glands are also in the armpits, but are also on the palms of the hands and the bottom of the feet. They produce sweat that is digested by bacillus bacteria on the feet and cause foot odor. The final kind of gland is the sebaceous gland, which are all over the body and produce oil that keeps your skin from drying out. There are billions of bacteria living on your skin, an estimated 1 million per square centimeter. Most of them, unsurprisingly, living in your armpits and on your feet. This community of bacteria is referred to as your skin's microbiome. Our sweat starts off with almost no smell, 
but it contains amino acids, which the bacteria breaks down into short-chain fatty acids, which easily disperse into the air and are detected by our, or a mosquito's, smell receptors, which leads us to today's paper. Its composition of human skin microbiota affects attractiveness to malaria mosquitoes by Niels Verholst et al. in 2011. Going into this research, Verholst's team knew a couple of important things. First, pure human sweat has barely any odor, and mosquitoes aren't very attracted to it. But if you take the bacteria that normally, naturally lives on skin and mix it with sweat, you get the normal amount of attraction, which is a lot of attraction. Second, they knew some people were more attractive to mosquitoes than others. And third, they knew that of all the parts of the body, mosquitoes love feet the most. This led them to ask the question, is it a person's skin microbiome that makes them super attractive, or not attractive at all, to mosquitoes? To figure this out, they got 48 male volunteers. Women were probably kept out of participation from this because their hormonal cycles complicate this kind of work. These guys and everyone living with them really took one for the team for science. They couldn't drink alcohol, eat garlic, onions, or spicy food, bathe, or use any kind of perfume or deodorant. So basically the opposite of my perfect Saturday with wine, Italian food, and a scented bubble bath. When the test subjects came into the lab, they would rub perfectly clean glass beads on one of their feet. The beads would pick up the oil, sweat, and bacteria off that foot. The other foot would be swabbed to scrape off any bacteria that were living there. The beads were then put into a device called a two-arm olfactometer. These are used to test if something is attractive to insects or not. It's a long tube with a box on one end to hold the insect. At the other end is a junction leading to two different tubes, or arms, at the end of each tube, which is out of sight. This is the source of the smell. You can kind of picture it as a giant block letter Y lying on its side. The air flows through the tube so that the insect is always downwind. This means that the insect being tested has three choices. Stay where it is, fly into one tube, or fly into the other. In this experiment, they used hungry female Anopheles gambiae mosquitoes, the major transmitter of malaria, in the leg of the Y. The glass beads covered in the foot stink in one arm and diluted ammonia in the other. This is because ammonia is attractive to mosquitoes, but not highly attractive. It's like walking into a mall food court. There's an Italian place that smells all right, but you're still going to try to find something better. Comparing each foot smell to the same ammonia gives the researchers a consistent comparison. While this was happening, the foot swabs from the other foot were rubbed on petri dishes specifically designed to grow bacteria. This would allow Vernholst 
to see how many different types of bacteria and how many of each type were living on each person's foot. They also used the DNA that they found on these swabs to find out which bacteria species these were. After mosquitoes showed which foot beads they preferred, Vernholst's team cross-referenced the mosquito's preference with the type of bacteria that they found. So here are their results. Of the 48 guys, 9 were found to be very attractive, and 7 were found to be very unattractive. This is one of the few times in life where it would be really nice to find out that you're unattractive. When they looked at the bacteria found on these men, a trend appeared. The men that the mosquitoes really didn't want to bite had many different types of bacteria, and they also had many more of the bacteria Pseudomonas aeruginosa. The men who I imagine get eaten live as soon as they walk out the door had only a few different types of bacteria and relatively more Staphylococcus epidermidis. Both of these genera of bacteria might sound familiar to you because they both contain species that make people sick. Pseudomonas can cause infections in people who are vulnerable, like kids, the elderly, and people who just had surgery. It mostly causes ear and eye infections. Unlike Staphylococcus bacteria, pseudomonas are very common in the environment. Vernholz's team thinks that this might be the reason why mosquitoes aren't attracted to people with abundant pseudomonas colonies. The mosquitoes are likely using the bacteria that live on our skin to indicate what species we are. Every different type of mammal is going to have a different skin microbiome. Because Anopheles gambiae by far prefer humans over any other animals, they want to be sure it's a person before putting the energy into flying over. The smell of a microbiome chock full of Staphylococcus epidermidis might be just the olfactory fingerprint that she's looking for. Unfortunately, Vernholst didn't say who funded their work on this paper. After this work, three other species of mosquitoes showed that they have the same preference, including others that transmit malaria and our friend Aedes aegypti, the yellow fever mosquito. So what do we do with this information? We don't yet know how a person acquires and maintains their skin microbiome. Other than that, much of it is transferred from your mother. It changes by the time you become an adult, but it's stable after that. There also seems to be a genetic component most likely because your genes control your immune system and your sweat glands. It could be possible to create a personalized bug spray or probiotic wipes that cover up or change how you smell to mosquitoes. People with high staphylococcus counts could be warned that they are at higher risk of mosquito-borne disease. Right now, the bacteria that have been found to be very attractive have been studied, and the attractive compounds they create are being used as a bait for trapping systems. This was just discovered by Vernholst in 2011. So there's a lot more research to be done and so many different creative ways of using this information. Next month is episode 26. How can a tick bite make you allergic to red meat? 
we'll be talking all about the wild world of the human immune system, allergies, and chemical composition of tick spit. November's Agora Podcast of the Month is our friend of the show, Benjamin Jacobs, over at the Wittenberg to Westphalia podcast. If you like your history served up in an uncompromising detail with lots of snarky charm, go ahead and check it out. Please give us a review, for good or ill, on Apple Podcasts or Stitcher. We read every single one, and we really, really appreciate them. Thank you for listening. From me, Raven Forrest Fruscalzo. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.